talk about that in the show a lot. It's like we have our own dreams. We have things that we're trying to achieve. And there's always going to be someone somewhere or maybe a few of them that try to tell us that we, we don't have a chance at it. But how do they know? Like, how do they know what we have a chance at? You don't know. And so I'm just grateful that we're all there in celebration of this idea of not giving up and this idea of dream chasing because that's what life is about. You got to go for it. You got to try. You got to live your wildest dream, you know, or else you just regret it. You know, you regret that you didn't even try. Alicia Keys will be performing at Moody Center on Monday, July 24th. And I had a chance to catch up with her. And did we catch up? Growth, purity, dreams, freedom, love, and joy. We talk about it all. So if you're ready for an uplifting conversation, you're going to enjoy this episode of Juilliard's. Hey, it's Alicia. Hey, Alicia. It is so good to talk to you. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm really excited about your show. And I thought we would begin our chat by going back and talking a little bit about your journey as an artist, if that's okay. You were drawn to music at a really early age, right? Um, yes. No, for sure. I mean, it's always been a part of my, a part of my life, a part of my world. Um, I think that, you know, I, I had this one experience like at four years old and it was the first time that I was kind of pushed to learn a song. The song I had to learn was Somewhere Over the Rainbow from The Wizard of Oz. And it was the first time that I learned something and then shared it. And it was terrifying. I was scared, but there was a feeling that was just amazing. And I feel like that feeling was the seed that planted into just continuing to try and grow. And then, and then later I fell in love with piano. And so all those things started to come together and create kind of the world that I live in. So you started with piano lessons when you were real little. Yeah, I started at seven. And that's really young. Yeah, I started at seven and I started to really explore, learn classical, which was amazing to learn how to read music and start to play classical music. And and then from there, I started to explore and try other things and other styles of music and create my own and things like that. But it definitely gave me the foundation to be a songwriter. And I'm, I'm always so grateful for that because nobody can, you know, nobody can take that from me or do that for me. You know, it's like something that I have for myself. Right, right. How did your desire to do this as your job morph? Like, was it always there or were you thinking, no, I'm going to study something else that's solid and this, uh, you know, this will be my passion if it doesn't work out? Mm, I think because I was so young. I mean, even when I first, I started in my first group, I was nine years old. It's super adorable. My first kind of, my other, my second group after that, that was like a bunch of my girlfriends from school. We were about 12. I think it's, I think since I was so young, I didn't really wasn't really that's an older person's thought like that idea of like it's not gonna work out it's something that your parents give you or people tell you but you don't I don't feel like as a kid you think like that like you don't think something's not gonna work out you think oh this is so exciting and I'm loving I'm enjoying this and I'm gonna keep working at it or trying it you feel sparked so I feel like I was just so young that I didn't really have that idea in my head yet and fortunately nobody had like tried to crush my dreams like that yet because I was just too young for it to mean for it to matter like that if you're in college maybe you start to worry about what you're going to do or what's your next step but it was only 13 so 
it was still like that dreaming phase and it just so happened that things kind of fell into place in a random way. Things definitely did not fall into place as well, but in ways they did. Your parents were supportive then because they weren't putting that idea in your head like, girl, I don't know. You know, I was only 13. My first group was nine. My second one was about 12, 13. So the, the, I was I was already signed by the time I was 15. So I was really I was really a kid, kid, kid. And my mother, I think, you know, my mother raised me and she um, she always had dreams of being an actor. She she moved from Toledo, Ohio to New York to study acting and go to NYU and like that whole kind of New York story dream type of thing. And uh, so I think she had it in her, too. She had that dream alive in her as well. So I don't think she was wanting to she didn't she didn't she wanted to encourage that creativity, I think, which is the difference. Yeah, she wasn't going to dim that spark. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So things were kind of coming together for you early on, but not completely. I mean, it wasn't a linear line. You were saying that things didn't come together. So you had your fair right. share of challenge. Of course, of course. There's no life in the world that just is like, there's no challenge. It just doesn't, doesn't happen. Um, so, you know, it, it, it was a lot of different things. There was a lot of... Um, I did get signed really young, but it didn't exactly end up working out. I was there for multiple years and it didn't really go in the direction it was supposed to go because it wasn't meant, I wasn't meant to stay there. They didn't really understand me as an artist. I was definitely a unique individual. I, I was a girl with braids playing the piano from New York and Harlem. It was, it was different. Nobody really saw that before. I was not trying to put on any pretty dress and be all girly. I just wanted to have my jeans, my Tims, my piano, my braids. That was my vibe. And people didn't really know what to do with it. Especially then it was just like, what do we, how do we market this? Like we don't have anything else like that. So it was definitely tricky and it didn't work out. They didn't think the songs that I was writing was good. And they, they had all types of families that they had, which of course crushed me. Cause when you're working on something and you love it and you care about it and you're working so hard for it, and then people say they don't like it, you know, that, that, that hurts, but it's a part of a lesson of figuring out that, you know, you got to do you even when people don't really get you. Um, so finally there was another place that I went to. That was how I met Clive and, and Peter Edge. And that was the whole kind of J Records direction that started everything off. But I had to go in a direction where it didn't work out for, to find the direction that it would. And it was very complicated. Obviously you have, documents and paperwork and lawyers and all the stuff. And sometimes people don't want to let you go, even though they don't like what you do. Oh, yeah, I can see how all that would be so overwhelming. And how did you like overcome or did you feel self-doubt? Like you said that's crushing. And I think song with songwriting, it's got to be even more crushing because I feel like that comes from your soul and somebody saying, oh, I don't like that. Does it give you pause to say like, okay, maybe I'm just like on the wrong path or you just felt in your heart you are on the right path. You just weren't with the right people. Mm. I think it definitely was a little bit of both. I mean, of course, you're so insecure. You know, I was just a kid, so you don't really have that res- resilience or that ability to... I didn't have that many experiences with somebody telling me that they didn't like what I was doing. And and it just, you know, it no matter how many experiences you have, that's not exactly what you want to hear. But, but um, it definitely, it, I think it gave me a lot more character. It gave me a lot more hunger. You know, I was born and raised in New York, so you can't just, you can't just defeat, you know, a person like that. You know, I already overcame so much in so many other ways that 
I wasn't just going to be able to, I just, that wasn't going to defeat me. So I, that gave me some energy. I did have some great support from some of the other people that were working with me and they, they did believe and they did see the vision. So that helped to have people on the same page. So, but it was a little bit of both. You feel insecure, but then you kind of strap up your boots and keep going. Who was that person that was like the sounding board for you that you were like, when you were feeling wobbly that you could turn to, or maybe there was more than one? Yeah, there was a couple, you know, my mother, she's always definitely a great, a great partner for me. She, she's a strong advocate and she's a great human. So she, my first producing partner, Crucial, we, we produced a lot of the first records together, Fallen and, and um, Like You'll Never See Me Again and some of these, these great records we produced together. And um, he also like gave me energy, like we, we can do this, what we got is great. And then, you know, my first manager as well was definitely a big, a big supporter. So, you know, you definitely have to have people in your corner, you know, even when the world is, is a little crazy. And so, Alicia, what sort of advice might you give to somebody who listens to your music and sees themselves in you, knowing what you know now? Like, is there something that you could say to, to someone or maybe what you would say to your younger self? It might be the same thing. Um, who's yeah. trying to pursue stuff. I mean, the, the biggest thing I would say is that, you know, do it because you love it. That's the most important thing. Um, you got to love it. You got to have a passion for it. You have to really, you know, dream about it, live it, breathe it. Um, you know, I think sometimes it gets confusing. You want to do things because you think you're thinking of an end result. You're thinking of a monetary gain. Or you're thinking of, you know, fame or you're thinking of whatever. And I don't think those are the those will get you into circumstances that might be hard to get out of. So I think your intentions do have to be pure and you really do have to want to be great and want to put your time in and give all your heart to it and try. And, and I think the second part would be just like, be yourself. You know, I think that's another hard thing to do in life. You, you constantly see all these other people and all these other things and you start to feel like maybe you're not good enough as you are and you are really incredible as you are and the more the more unique you can be you know I think the more you'll stand out so be yourself and 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 just kind of carve your path and even though it's hard sometimes it's hard to carve a singular new path mm -hmm. you know but but it's definitely worth it yeah, that really, that makes so much sense. And so now at the place you are with your career, Alicia, and you're reflecting on your body of work and you're still creating, like, what does that even feel like? Oh, my gosh. It feels, it feels incredible. Um, I'm so grateful to have been able to follow my path and create, create my path and for there to be a connection, the thing I'm most grateful about is for there to be a connection between me and and the people. Like, there's such a pure love there, and it goes both ways. My love for them is pure. Their love for me is pure. It's, it's a, such a beautiful experience, and we get to kind of share stories and share growth and evolution and the way we're all trying to find our way in the world and, and just, you know, be be the best people we can be and try to chase our dreams and all the things that everybody is, you know, trying to do. And I feel like that connection that we have is just tremendous. And, and I feel it more than ever now. And so for, to be able to be in the world creating 
and to have that connection with people because we're on similar paths is um that that's the thing I'm the most grateful for. Oh, God, I really feel that a hundred percent and especially now. And what better way to be in relationship with people than through the music? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's just all that and just right in your chest, you feel it. Yeah. And so you've got the keys to the summer tour coming to Moody Center on Monday. And like, tell me what you are feeling about this tour and these songs and what it's like for you getting back on the road after, you know, we all been cooped up for such a long time. I am in love with this Keys to the Summer Tour. It is such a breath of fresh air. It's a brand new experience for me as well. So I think you feel that, like, you can you can feel this fresh energy from it. It's my first 360 show, so it's in the round, in the middle of the arena, the entire stage is on the floor. So you get to be every seat in the in the audience is a front row seat. You get to experience it in a different way. There's such a beautiful visual experience as well. And and there's an incredible sonic experience. I think because it's in the round, you're able to hear the music from every single side all around you. It just it just feels different. It sounds so incredible and the energy is magnificent. I'm singing songs that of course you love and know I'm singing songs that are like favorites that are maybe more b-sides I'm singing songs that people been asking me to play on piano that I don't get to play a lot there's so much dynamic to the show and there's so much freedom and love and joy that you could just see everybody that's how I feel and everybody feels like that and it's like it's like a real beautiful crazy amazing experience and when you leave there you just feel like uplifted and levitated like it's it's really good I, I feel like it's the best show I've ever done and oh. that's how I feel wow that's amazing I love that it's in the round because that to me always makes me feel more included in the show mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it really does it really does I mean I'm able to touch people in a way I you know normally the stage is on one side of the arena and everybody's kind of on the other side but in this case we're all on the same side and then every side I get to do a special moment with. It's just, it really does, it does feel more intimate somehow, even though the stage itself is bigger, the the intimacy I think is, is, is more close. Yeah, it is. I think you feel more connected, like what you were talking about earlier. And I'm wondering like which, your body of work is so great and you have these powerful songs that are so evocative. And I'd love to know like, which are your favorite songs to sing? Like, are there two songs, and maybe this question is totally unfair, that just make you feel the most alive or that you just never get tired of singing? I mean, that's how I feel about all the songs. I'm, I'm grateful that they just feel they just feel good. And I know people are waiting for them. That's what makes it so much fun, too, like to, to time it out in the right moment so that people are just like, that's my song, you know, and to put them all throughout is, is so fun. I love the way the show opens the show. I'm not going to tell you how it opens, but I just want you to know that this is, it starts with a favorite and I've never, ever done this before. It's super counterintuitive. You don't usually do this for a show. You don't usually expect it for a show, but it starts, it just creates such an exciting, you know, unexpected moment. So I love how the show starts. You're going to have to come to find out. Okay. I love, I love um, when we get to, like, You Don't Know My Name. It's just one of my favorites. I just love how people react 
to You Don't Know My Name. It's such a great, great, great song mm. to sing. It feels so good. Um, you know, when we sing, even when we sing, like, You'll Never See Me Again, I just find it's this really special part of the show because the lights were using lasers and so the lasers get to create these crazy shapes and it really makes a visually like impactful moment and so the the what the the look of the show when we sing like you'll never see me again is so pure and powerful people just love it they just they just don't expect it and they this song means so much to us just living like it's the last chance and loving like it's the last chance it's just a, such a beautiful song and then, of course, if I ain't got you, the way that people just go crazy for if I ain't got you, it's like, mm-hmm. I can't take it. I'm like, how does this happen? How does this song just do this to people? Like, it's just incredible. Nobody would have ever thought. So so it's, it's the whole show, I have to say, is just really it's so good. So it's hard to pick. I picked a few. But it was that was a super mean question. <laughs> I am sorry, but I really appreciate you digging deep for that one. And I'm just yes. I'm just thinking how amazing, like, you know, from you being a place where you were like, you know, struggling to write and people telling you like, this is not, mm, I don't think so. Like mm. coming up against that challenge and the rejection, then to be in a performance where you're in the round surrounded by people who are just so ready for your music. Mm. What, what a journey. I'm so struck mm. by that. Thank you. Me too. Me too. And that's why every time I touch the stage or, you know, have a special moment with you know where we can connect in any way even if it's one-on-one on the street I just feel like so grateful because I'm just grateful that I didn't give up I'm grateful that I didn't let people who didn't know what was meant to be you know deter me I talk about that in the show a lot it's like we have our own dreams we have things that we're trying to achieve and there's always going to be someone somewhere or maybe a few of them that try to tell us that we we don't have a chance at it but how do they know like how do they know what we have a chance at you don't know and so I'm just grateful that we're all there in celebration of this idea of not giving up and this idea of dream chasing because that's what life is about you got to go for it you got to try you got to live your wildest dream you know or else you just regret it you know you regret that you didn't even try so I'm so that's what I'm grateful for that connection that we have and that 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 desire to find our way and to find ourselves you know that's what brings us together a hundred percent that is so lush thank you alicia i'm gonna end us on that note because i don't think it can get better than that (laughs) (laughs) i'm so happy to talk to you i'm so excited to come and 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 just have a beautiful memory with keys to the summer tour it's gonna be insane thank you so much for welcoming me and for your support it means so much to me You don't have to live in the mystery. You can be there Monday night, July 24th at Moody Center here in Austin for Alicia Keys' Keys to the Summer Tour and see that incredible opening she just talked about. It would be a very special girls' night out, so call up your friends and then head over to Ticketmaster.com. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Julie Arts, and I'll see you on the radio on Magic 95.5 weekday afternoons from noon to 7. And when you're not in Austin, you can stream us live on the free Odyssey app. Just download it today. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y and follow Magic 95.5.